Hello and welcome to the Recursive Podcast. Our guest today is one of the most experienced product managers in the Bulgarian tech scene. Her name is Maria Rashkovska and she is the head of product management of the Bulgarian ad tech company Pub Galaxy. And last year, Pub Galaxy was acquired by the Dutch scale-up Azarian. Prior to joining Pub Galaxy, Maria held management positions at companies such as Telerik and Financial Times. She is also the co-founder of Product Tank Sofia and a consultant who helps IT companies build successful products. Maria, welcome to the Recursive Podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's not very often to have people uh, talking about IT companies that are basically not with a technical background. How did you end up becoming part of this very challenging uh, yet so rewarding uh, ecosystem? Like you said, uh, I come from a business background. Uh, so I, jo- I started, I joined a, um, the first IT company 15 years ago, about 15 years ago, I think it was 2004. Um, and I was uh, looking for a new position and the IT industry seemed very exciting to me because I knew all innovation happens there. Uh, and I knew nothing about software development, um, anything. But I, I wanted to get in there. So I was looking at different software companies online and I even didn't understand half of the positions that were advertised there, like a QA or a software engineer, support engineer and so on. So I was trying to understand what, what, is, what, what this job is about, but I couldn't. So, <laughs> um, but anyway, um, at some point, uh, one of these companies actually approached me and I, I knew it because I followed it like for three months before that. Um, and they, they said they had an open position for a support representative uh, to um, communicate with customers. And I decided to apply, although I didn't find the position exciting. But I, I wanted to get in there. So I, I went through different interviews. Uh, they liked me. And finally, they asked me, why do you want to work this role, this job? And I said, I don't. <laughs> I just wanted to <laughs> get to know you. Um, and uh, then they asked me, okay, how do you imagine the ideal role for you? And I explained something like more challenging, more complex more, uh, how to say, more diverse projects with different people uh, and so on. So they decided to take a chance and give me the role of uh, project manager, uh, implementation specialist, who had to communicate with customers and be the intermediary between the customer and the engineering team. Um, the thing is that um, they needed someone who understands the business of the customer and um, who understands uh, their business processes and could talk their language, which uh, um, a common engineer could not do. So engineers were very technical, very focused on their stuff. So this is how I started. Uh, I, Like I said, I didn't know a, a thing about software development, but together with the team, the engineering team that I worked with, I started uh, gradually understanding different technologies, software architectures, even started doing some SQL uh, data migration and stuff like that. So it was a very exciting journey. What led you into product management itself? Actually, that first role was um, the first time I realized that I very much enjoy making a customer happy and uh, enjoy solving um, a very uh, complex problems, business problems through technology. So... 
I didn't, back then, we didn't know what product management is. I, I don't think we had ever heard the term, <laughs> but um, you can imagine that the skill set is uh, quite similar. And at that point, I simply was doing my job well. I actually was very successful in that position. I received, um, how to say, un unsolicited uh, recognition by customers. Um, and in, in some cases, um, I found out that I intu intuitively can, um, how to say, it, extract the, the right, through the right questions, the, the answers from the customers because they cannot always um, imagine what the right solution for them is. But if you dig enough further into the problems they have, and you know what technology you have at hand, you can offer the right solution. So sometimes against their will, I was able to offer the right solution. And from this position, then gradually I took different roles that are similar, for example, as a business analyst, uh, which is quite similar. Again, you have to dig into the problem, find the right solution for the customer and so on. And I also enjoyed working on complex projects with, uh, that involved uh, various teams at the same time. You have to prioritize things and so on. So I basically naturally grew into that position. Uh, I never like focused and said, okay, I need to become a product manager. I just became one. All right. I love the part when you said that you were asking questions yeah. because uh, the power of questions is... Uh, uh, it, it is really a powerful tool to get to the bottom and to the core of the issue or the problem or the need. Um, did you? How do you validate that you have the necessary skills and how did you treat the skills that you needed but didn't have in, at, at the beginning? Yeah. To do well, your job well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, actually asking the right questions and the ability to interview, to, to conduct, conduct uh, high quality interviews with uh, customers is uh, actually a very, um, I'd say, it, it's really a skill. Um, not everybody has it, uh, but that doesn't mean you cannot be trained to do that. So there are certain, let's say, best practices, approaches, uh, uh, even books uh, you can read uh, on how to approach uh, the different uh, a customer interview. Like I said, in my case, uh, I started naturally doing that. Uh, that doesn't mean that I didn't improve my skills later on when I heard that there is like a best practices and so on. But um, if if it, I would say to anyone who wants to learn this, uh, there is theory out there. And um, how do you validate that you acquired the skill? Well, ultimately, you will find out uh, whether you delivered value for the customer. And this is your ultimate validation. So if you delivered the value that initially you thought you could, then this is it. What drives you to get better and better in your professional development? My personal motivation? Um, well... First of all, like I mentioned previously, I very, it is important to me to deliver value to the customer. So this uh, feedback directly that I made someone's day better, I improved some metric, uh, I delivered the business results. This is one thing that drives me. Uh, the second thing that, uh, that drives me is uh, 
pure curiosity. So I would say I like to learn new things every day. Um, I like to do different things every day. And the, the, the work of a product manager is exactly that. So every day you have a different challenge and you have a, a very diverse set of tools and uh, tactics you can use to solve a particular problem. You have to communicate with many different roles, um, which is quite interesting because everyone has different expertise and they can um, and they bring to the table uh, an additional value. And not everyone can juggle between and communicate with so, so many different roles, like a technical role, sales and marketing, uh, even customer support and so on. So I would say the fact that it's, it's, this is a very diverse role is uh, very exciting to me and I cannot imagine doing anything else, actually. You, you radiate confidence. So um, is this one of the skills necessary to be a good product manager, to, to have the, the confidence that you know what you're doing and um, your experience and, and things that you know we've been through? Well, actually, uh, it is very common among product managers, especially uh, to have the imposter syndrome. Um, and this is because, uh, as mentioned, uh, to be a good product manager, you have to have uh, very diverse skills. So you have to understand technology, you have to have business knowledge and business strategy. Uh, you have to take into account uh, and be able to understand the customer needs. And you have to balance between different stakeholders, um, strategic and tactical um, tasks, and so on. So there is, uh, there aren't perfect product managers. So usually you're good at one or two of those things, and you try to close the gaps on the other aspects. Uh, and that's why the imposter syndrome is is very common in product managers because they always feel they have something else to learn, like. Uh, UX design, technology, uh, business strategy, and stuff like that. Not being good enough. Not good enough, yeah. <laughs> uh, how, do you, how do you handle this for yourself? Through constant learning, I read a lot. Uh, so whenever I have a new task or even um, a different context I need to do something for, um, I always go back to theory. Um, so I have like a huge library of eBooks and I always go back and reread something or buy a new one if I don't have one in the library. Um, I remind myself of the best practices and try to apply this. Um, also, of course, uh, I, I could consult with some peer product managers to see whether someone has uh, already has an experience in that context and can provide some advice. So this is how I try to stay on top of things. I love getting knowledge out of people that are around me doing similar or even better work than me. It's, uh, it's the only shortcut that I know. So um, you've briefly described what, a, what makes a great product manager, a constant learning, um, this ego check. Am I learning enough? I mean, am I, is there something new? Uh, and this confidence to keep doing and deliver value for your customer. Um, now you have this very like important role in the pub galaxy, um, in the company. How would you define your leadership style? Um, okay, so 
first of all, I try to use the strong sides of people. So I never manage around weaknesses. I try to, okay, see what is, what is the natural skill of this person and what do they want to achieve personally and try to align uh, what I want, want them to do with, with that. So that's my first principle. Uh, and of course, this starts from hiring. So this, it's very important um, to know exactly what kind of skill set and what kind of uh, attitude you want on the team for exactly that role. Otherwise, you, you'll make a big mistake. So not all product managers are made equal and not all product roles are made equal. So depending on what exactly your project is, your type of product, uh, what is the life at what life cycle of the product you are in? Uh, you need a different skill set, and I have to say that uh, in our in my current team of product managers, currently we have four product managers. All of them have a completely different skill set. So, and together they form a like this cohesive team that we need. Um, so that's the first principle: hire for the right skill and let the strong sides drive uh, your hiring. Secondly, um, I try to, to coach rather than instruct. So not giving answers, uh, but uh, trying to um, first giving a chance to the person to uh, propose their own solution or at least to, to challenge their thinking. I think this is the only way to develop uh, people as professionals. And I think it's beneficial both for the company and for, for them. Because if uh, this is, I think this is the shortest path uh, towards um, upgrading them. And in this way, they would bring more value to the company. Yeah, there's another highlight that I'm having in my mind. It's like context matters. So thank you for, for sharing that. In one interview, I bumped into a a sentence by you that you like to go out uh, with your colleagues for a drink just to have a word uh, and to have this uh, their responses like use a, a barometer if it, if it's okay like the relationship that you're having so that's why I wanted to include some like interpersonal relationship in our conversation um, what is important for you in regards to building relationships within the team I think uh, an important thing to build a strong team is to have uh, an openness and honesty within the team. So you have to be open for feedback and people have to be um, comfortable sharing that feedback, no matter what. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to, to do this and always listen to whenever I see someone's frustrated with something or maybe does not understand that at that time the priority and stuff like that, or maybe disagrees with the priority and the strategy, which is also uh, sometimes happens. Um, so I try to talk this through, and this is important. The second important thing is, uh, of course, to have a good atmosphere within the team. So we need to enjoy the ride. Um, so that means, okay, we have business goals and maybe even hard deadlines and stuff like that. So uh, of course, we, we have to achieve this. But also, let's enjoy the journey uh, in that direction as well. What is success for you then? Success? If journey is important, then <laughs> what is success like? 
Um, I think success is fulfillment. Um, so what I mean is, yeah, you have to enjoy the ride. You have to be in control. You have to be able to decide what exactly you want to work on, who to work it with, um, and so on. Uh, that's work why it's related, but also you have to maintain the balance between your personal life and your work life. Um, so in general, success is happiness, I would say. How do you measure when a job is well done within the team? How do you say, okay, splendid? <laughs> okay, so there's, I guess there is two avenues to think here. Of course, the first one is, uh, have we achieved the business results we had aimed for or even exceeded them even better? So that's one indication that we've done a good job well. Um, a second indication is, okay, we may not succeed every time because, you know, uh, getting the right product is, is hard. But did we apply the best practices uh, in pursuing the right result? Did we, make, uh, did we do enough effort to, to find the right answer, even if we failed in the end? Failure is sometimes, okay, well, it's inevitable. The important thing is, did we actually have any lessons learned from that experience? Because this is what will give us the basis for our next try. Would you be able to go back to a moment that something failed within the product that you were developing or someone from your team and you had a key inside there lying as a free, not free, but a lesson, important one? Yeah, well, uh, of course, there's many different, uh, you could say, we failed many times. Um, so I guess one example I can give is uh, a recent project where we wanted to create an experience for, uh, so to give you the context, uh, currently our customers are media publishers, so websites that create content. Uh, so we decided at some point to focus on smaller publishers uh, for which we had to build some scalability features within the product because, of course, when you have a smaller customer, you have to have higher vol volumes and so on. So uh, we, we didn't have much time to, to build it and not many resources, but we also wanted to approach it as an MVP. So we didn't want to uh, do like a very... Mm, huge development. We, we didn't want to invest huge development resources for that. So we gathered a small team, uh, did the MVP, um, put it online. And actually, we, we, the, as a result of that, we had a sep an additional learning that we did not expect from, from that experience. So what we the failure uh, in, that, um, in that case was that we actually could not achieve uh, the volumes we expect. So we built something for scalability, but the, the problem we had to solve was not scalability in the first place. So, but along the way, we learned that because we built that experience, um, we learned that there are actually many people that want to use it to onboard with our product this way. Previously, we uh, assumed that because the, the industry is very complex, 
um, our customers prefer someone to take them by the hand and to onboard them uh, in a very, how to say, old-fashioned way with, with an account manager and so on. But then we found out that, that there are actually many publishers that actually want to self-service themselves. So this shaped our next steps and next strategy. Sounds like a failure turned into a new product. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Is there something like the right mindset for product management or building products or building the right products? And um, how do you build such a mindset within the team? Yeah, well, to build the right product, you have to add value to a certain group of customers. So to be able to do that, of course, first you need to know, okay, what group of customers am I going to add value for? So you have to be very uh, specific in defining what exactly group of customers you're aiming for. Secondly, uh, because you defined very well that group of customers, you have to um, get to know their needs and problems very well. So sometimes initially you have an idea to solve a particular need, but then when you talk to these customers, you find out that this is not that important to them. Uh, and maybe they have a bigger problem that um, they would be more willing to pay for it to be solved. Um, in any case, uh, you really need to understand the context of the customer, the need or the problem that you want to solve. And after that, uh, you, you need to think about the various solutions that could solve that problem. Um, so I would say uh, the, first, the first thing is to be always in the shoes of the customer and very much understand their need. Um, of course, if you come up with the wrong solution, that could be a hiccup after that. So at a later point, when you when you propose a solution to the customer, again, you need to seek uh, close feedback from them um, and this way come, up, come to the right solution. But I, I would say the basis is understanding the customer first. Yeah, while you were explaining, I was thinking, okay, it seems that this is a position for people with empathy and curiosity. So... Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, we often hear from entrepreneurs and investors that we have great tech talent, but we lack the product mindset and skills for the Bulgarian ecosystem to grow and scale. Can you like put a roadmap to how to get there according to your experience and knowledge, please? Yeah. Um, actually, I think we are headed in the right direction in that perspective because like, uh, I think seven or 10 years ago, we, things were much uh, worse in that respect. Because like you said, there were many, the, the tech talent, talent was, uh, was here, was available, but there were not that many product companies in Bulgaria. So there were no like opportunities for product managers to learn or to experiment or to grow. Um, so I think this is changing. So more and more, uh, product companies are entering the Bulgarian ecosystem. And what I'm also seeing is that, um, for example, the Western companies that open an office in Bulgaria, previously they just opened the development centers and they hired only technical positions. But now I see a difference and I see more and more 
product management positions opened. Um, this is one thing I notice. Uh, the second thing is that more and more outsourcing companies want to uh, develop their own products because they they understand the the added value for the business from this. Um, so the demand for having such talent is increasing. Um, separately, as for what we can do to accelerate this development, I guess uh, it, it again starts from education. So I would say we could um, and we should um, open such like courses in universities or even in private academies. Uh, there is the already um, we have started. I personally helped the Telerik Academy start such a course. Uh, in product management, which uh, which has been a great success so far. Um, and this is a good starting point to have the theoretical knowledge. But then these people um, will have to be given the opportunity to learn on the job from more experienced, uh, more senior product managers. And, it, and I think this gradually will happen. But currently I can see that uh, most of the companies already are are still looking for already developed senior product managers. So we need to start uh, giving a chance to people that we we see the they have the, the right attitude and the, the right base skills and coupled with some theoretical knowledge to start developing those. Um, and also um, organizations such as Product Tank were uh, which uh, Dido and I are leading uh, in the past few years, also contribute to this uh, development because um, Product Tank, uh, the concept there is knowledge sharing between uh, product managers. So it's a community that is constantly growing. We can see a lot of interest in that. Um, we organize uh, free events uh, for such people to be able to... Uh, get to know other people, network, um, share their experience or ask questions. Um, and it's a, it's a great step. Uh, we actually um, helped, I'd say, helped uh, increase awareness about the profession here in Bulgaria because there wasn't any other community previously and I don't think there is one, another one even now. Um, so we helped people understand that there is such a role and what it, what it is all about uh, and increase the interest in it. Yeah, so education mm -hmm. and environment. Uh, I was about to point you into this direction because environment is it's very important, like the mentorship that you're getting from people around or above you, but mm -hmm. environment for people to share skills and this um, mindset for, hey, I know this, I can help you with it. I'm looking for information regarding uh, other things is um, extremely productive and I'm so happy that uh, I know you and uh, now I know you and I know Dido and a few weeks ago we had a conversation he was like you are going to be a very good product manager I was like why is that you built a product out of nothing you built your podcast like for six years so uh, yeah this is this is great tell me a bit more about the product tank for me it's extremely important to, to build communities because mm -hmm changing like we are here in southeastern europe but making a big change 
people don't understand it, but it happens from like leaders that develop communities that communities basically can get to more and more people. So it's like, it's a pyramid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I think it was like six years ago when uh, Didu, my co-founder there, uh, one day called me and said, do you want to start uh, a product management community in Bulgaria? And I was like, I had just moved into my first formal product management position. Um, and I was like, okay, let me think about it. And I thought he invited me because, uh, uh, because I had the previous experience running similar events for business analysts. So I, was, uh, I did something similar for the business analyst community in Bulgaria. And, but later on, when I asked him, why did you invite me personally to be your co-founder? And he was like, you were the only product manager I knew at the time. <laughs> 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 and I was like, okay. Uh, so Product Tank is actually the biggest community of product managers in the world. Wow. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, it was founded in 2010 in, in London in a bar by 10 people. Um, and so they, they felt the need to share knowledge and experience because they also felt lonely in the profession and they had many challenges and so on. So they started these informal meetups. And later on, they decided to, uh, to, to spread the same model into different countries. Uh, so the, the community, the form of the communities entirely based on volunteer work. So we work for free. Uh, we use only the, how to say, the brand of Product Tank and we can communicate with other uh, Product Tank organizers in other cities, uh, in other countries. And uh, in this way, we can network with uh, like the top minds in product management in the world. So we are able to, for example, source a speaker from, let's say, the Silicon Valley or from, from London or for, from a, like a very big tech company to speak uh, uh, here at the, the local events. Things have changed a bit since the, pan uh, the, the pandemic times because we had to move entirely online. So previously we had uh, uh, on-site events and they went very well. People were coming, there were informal conversations and so on. Uh, right now everything happens online, uh, but we are looking for more ways to further develop this. So as a result of Product Tank, uh, we also started doing a, a few years ago annual survey of the product managers in Bulgaria. So we wanted to see, okay, how many product managers are there in Bulgaria? What are uh, their like uh, skill set? What are their challenges and so on? Um, what kind of companies they work for? Uh, what what uh, what type of products and so on? Um, so when we did that study, I think um, that that is one of the how to say it one of the triggers to start this uh, product management course in, uh, in the Telerik Academy. Because based on this data, um, the guys from the Academy were able to assess, okay, there is a need uh, for such a role in Bulgaria, and maybe it, now it's time to organize a course because the companies would be very interested in financing uh, the, the further development of junior product uh, managers or um, yeah, creating new 
uh, product manager, so to speak. And from the product, of course, I'm going to go directly to the most, um, let's say, interesting for me, and not only me, uh, question in the Bulgarian startup ecosystem. Uh, it's, of course, about our first Bulgarian unicorn. How would this thing, when happening, hopefully at least one, why not more, help the local startup ecosystem? Because these are companies that are in the talks at the moment that are product companies. Yeah. I think uh, several things will change. So, for example, first of all, everyone else in the ecosystem, like uh, other entrepreneurs, uh, startups and so on, will see that uh, such a huge success is possible in Bulgaria. So this would be one aspect of it. Inspiration. Inspiration. Secondly, um, investors will see that this is possible in Bulgaria. So I suspect that uh, investment uh, will increase and it will give a chance to other companies to, to grow that way. Um, and I guess thirdly, uh, and we see that already from the, so I, I, would, I would call it the Telerik heritage. So Telerik wasn't uh, the first uh, unicorn, but uh, was the first like biggest uh, exit on the Bulgarian tech scene. And it still uh, is, isn't it? Hmm? It still is, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's a quarter of a billion deal. So it's pretty huge. Um, and, and, and it had a similar impact. People saw that things like that are possible. Um, but also uh, all the alumni from Teleric, many of those uh, founded their own startups. And actually uh, quite a few of them are actually the runner-ups, uh, the, um, how to say, the runner-ups for, for the next uh, unicorn, in, for the first unicorn in Bulgaria. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, one, of the, uh, one of them becomes the first unicorn. Yeah, breaking the mindset and the, the barrier that people put in themselves is very important for me too. And the spotlight being um, highlighted as a place that can develop unicorns will be absolutely uh, an amazing uh, added value to these like personal and team success, of course. Um, I imagine that being a product manager requires you to be very productive. You said that you have a lot of communication, but you also need to understand technical stuff you need to read to keep yourself up to date. Um, do you have any tips and tricks for productivity or something that you can share mm -hmm. with our listeners and viewers? Um, yeah, well, first of all, there is no such thing as multitasking. Uh, I think that uh, there is even, uh, how to say it, uh, scientific uh, proof for that. So what I try to, to do is focus at one thing at a time, mostly. Uh, secondly, um, I try to uh, always keep in mind what is, the, what is the next most important thing. So that could be like uh, weekly planning or uh, even bi-weekly planning, which is personally for me to basically take a look at, okay, what do I need to do next? And some re reserve some place in my calendar for that particular thing. Um, also, uh, in our profession, it's very important to have some focus time. So I try to block uh, uh, time in my calendar, particularly to, to think, uh, not just absorb new information, not, uh, not to complete a certain task, but to, how to say it, 
to to just stop and think okay are you doing the right thing what is what what should be the next thing we do and so on um and like you said also uh, if uh, if i identify that i need to read something new in order to to do a to do something uh, how to say how to do something in in a more productive way i would reserve time for that as well um so this this is it uh ruthless prioritization uh focus time and do not multitask yeah how do you keep yourself like turned off of distractions do you use some kind of pomodoro or you're just disciplined and you can say okay i'm i'm doing only this thing and nothing bothers me uh no i i don't use anything in particular i just uh, make sure i turn off notifications because slack can be very annoying sometimes <laughs> <laughs> all right um is there something that you do to keep yourself focused like do you put some music on or some 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 sounds or you need uh, absolute like um silence to work in Yeah, it's very interesting because previously I did listen to music, but I found that it's distracting. So currently what I what I do is uh like you said, silence and focus. Uh this is it. If actually I could recommend uh, um doing some meditation from time to time. I I think this is very beneficial and not just meditation. Uh exercise uh and meditation i would recommend because this is uh what gives you additional energy and uh it can focus your mind as well so uh to be able to to do a lot of work at the same not, not at the same time in a short period of time you have to um mind your energy levels so i also do that um if i see that for example in the morning i'm kind of slow i don't plan for very mind intensive tasks in the morning i know that my energy levels in the afternoon for example are better so i schedule the hard tasks there how do you rest and recharge uh through a lot of sports um and mostly going out in the nature So I do a lot of hiking, skiing, uh in the summer we do kite surfing, stuff like that. I also do very much enjoy dancing. Uh unfortunately during the pandemic times this is not that possible. However, um these are the ways I recharge because we sit all, all day in front of a computer. I try to be very physically active outside of that. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, another bonus of the local ecosystem is the wonderful nature that we have here in southeastern Europe. Uh and you have mentioned these like remote work and do you have any tips for leaders that are having teams around the world basically because now your team might be all like Bulgarians but spread around everywhere in uh Turkey for a kite surf or in Thailand or wherever. <laughs> Yeah, that's the million dollar question. Uh I personally don't know the answer. I'm looking for it. Um I can see that uh the entirely remo- remote work uh, what we are losing there is the informal com- communication. So, I think the best way is to have like a hybrid model of working where people from time to time mm-hmm. can get together 
and do something in a more informal uh, setting. Otherwise, I don't think that can be recre recreated in a remote uh, setting, so to speak. Um, we try to do some, let's say, formal brainstorming sessions, or we try to, uh, let's say, when you watch uh, something like uh, an online conference or something like an additional webinar that can be inspirational, additional new ideas can come from that. But uh, I, I would say if you don't reserve a dedicated time to follow up on these ideas, they will never happen. So maybe a recommendation would be uh, set aside time for inspiration and for brainstorming. Other than that, try to do some hybrid work. Awesome. Um, Maria, uh, where do you want to see yourself as a professional in five years? I never had a, such a plan for myself. I think uh, the most exciting thing about life, I would say, is to not know what is coming next. So I always tried to have always tried and have always like pursued the next uh, interesting opportunity that can bring me to the next level. And if that's interesting and challenging, then I take it. So I don't know. Maybe I I, I would be a CEO of a company or maybe, I don't know, even start my own startup. And where do you want to see like, product management in Bulgaria in five years then? <sighs> I would like to see, um, how to say it, uh, many more rounded uh, product managers, but not, not only product managers, uh, many more experienced serial entrepreneurs that have successful products uh, in their background. So I very much uh, think that product management and the entrepreneurial skill set are one and the same thing. So if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you have to know what product management is and how to do it. Maria, it seems to me that you have a, such a vast experience in product management. Um, have it never went through your mind? Did it never went through your mind to build your own startup? Uh, it has, actually. Um, I have a very keen interest in startups. And uh, as you can you probably know from my background that I've, uh, let's say, uh, helped several accelerators uh, to teach product management to, to their startups and so on. So that I find this very exciting. I personally also have uh, pitched a few ideas at some entrepreneurial competitions and even won a couple of ones. But um, I think um, I so far I have not found like the one startup idea that I don't find the flow in. Uh, so I need to be convinced from the very beginning that this is a, like a high impact idea and it's worth pursuing it in order to have the energy to actually follow it. That's uh, one of the reasons why I haven't done it. Uh, and secondly, um, I think that starting your own company on your own is very hard. So I think the best would be to have a co-founder, at least in the beginning, because uh, the beginning is probably the hardest part. Uh, because if you're all alone, you go around in, in your head in circles and uh, there is no one to, how to say, to 
pass the ball with and to challenge yourselves and to continuously develop yourselves. And to support yourselves. To support yourselves, exactly. So I actually have a couple of attempts uh, to, to join uh, a couple of friends to start uh, something. But I always knew um, that it wasn't sustainable because in, in, in both cases, uh, there was, uh, it was a consultancy business. It's not exactly a technology product which uh, is, would be scalable. And I, if I start something on my own, I want that to be a, like a digital product thing. And consultancy is not scalable because there are people. And exactly. people are bottleneck. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Uh, in your personal perspective, having had so much experience in the, the great companies here in Bulgaria, and now being part of one of the greatest successes of 2021 in the local ecosystem, um, is there something in our product companies that are getting more and more, of course, like a niche that we are really good at? Something that we don't um, take, uh, basically, we, we don't recognize that we have. Yeah, um, I think I've uh, read statistics previously and I, I've, I've heard feedback from investors as well that in Bulgaria, uh, most of the expertise is B2B, which is very surprising to them because uh, uh, especially in the Silicon Valley, there is a lot more B2C startups. And I think there is an explanation for that. It's because, you know, in Bulgaria, the, the market is uh, very small. Uh, you wouldn't be able to have a like a very scalable thing if you focus only on the Bulgarian market uh, through a B2C. So uh, this is one thing that comes to my mind, uh, which is uh, they actually, investors which I talked about, uh, about it, they actually find it uh, to be a good thing because apparently in other markets, this is not the case. So maybe we should be using that expertise um, and focus on such ideas. And I think the, the hottest startups cur currently in Bulgaria are doing exactly just that. Yeah, I do agree. And I can see the point for the market and um, focusing on where that one cell really can be um, your supporting rocket. Uh, so this is this is a great great point of view um is there a difference in your mind between like a physical product startups that we have now like dronomics and software product companies like payho gtm hub sms bump etc is there a difference uh depending on the perspective of course there is um uh, startups with uh with a product that is uh, a hardware um that that has some hardware in it apparently are um, much more capital intensive and much more uh difficult to scale i would say um so this probably but of course this on the other hand um, because it, it, it is hard and capital intensive, probably makes it uh, less uh, competition intensive. So it is, if, if you are able to find a very difficult problem to solve and you can solve it in a better way than everybody else, then immediately you have an advantage. 
um, take a look uh, at Elon Musk, for example. So he's tackling a very like complex and expensive problem. Uh, problems. Problems, I must say. exactly. <laughs> so no one else uh, had uh, challenged the, the assumption before that, uh, okay, when you, when you build a rocket, um, we had or, uh, the assumption that, okay, it's a, it's a one-time thing. So it can never go back to Earth and be reused again. Well, he approached this problem and he solved it. Um, so when you make a big bet like this um, and you succeed, you, I guess the return on investment is much higher than on smaller problems. Awesome. And we go for the our favorite question, of course. What would you like to be remembered for? Hmm. Hmm. I would like to be remembered. I actually enjoy very much uh, coaching and transferring my own knowledge. So I think I would like for the people that uh, worked with me and were able to accelerate their career because of uh, working with me and my coaching and leadership to be able to say, uh, this is the person that helped me to get where I am today. Influencing others. Amazing. <laughs> I wish you have more of this and uh, so you can lead a happier life. And thank you for being and sharing your amazing experience and knowledge uh, on the Recursive Podcast. I hope that our listeners liked it and they will be able to um, get more inspiration in our next episode next week. So Maria, thank you for being here. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Well, we've had that challenge many times before. Uh, hey, you're coming from Bulgaria, so... Uh, oh, you did? Really? Yeah, we had, okay. we had, but the fact of the matter is that in our industry, in this episode uh, of the Recursive enough, Podcast, it's very internationalized to the head for of very long management at Galaxy, The visual Maria effects Rashkuska. industry, when you go to an average studio in the US, Canada, UK, you actually people coming from all over the world. And the, these are very smart people because building a computer graphics studio is actually it's not easy at all. You mm -hmm. need smart people to run it. You need smart people to operate. You need smart people to uh, visualize. You need a lot of mm -hmm. smart people in each and every area. And because of that, people don't really care where you come from. You're either are delivering or you're not. They don't care about the reasons. They don't care where you come from. Mm -hmm. And if a product delivers, who cares where it comes from? For them, it's a lot more important that you, you support them and they trust you. And obviously, Bulgaria is definitely not known to be the, a very trustworthy destination in general. But uh, especially not for design or visual stuff. I think. Visual stuff, <laughs> correct. But fact of the matter is that the product's been very well accepted for a lot of for a very long time now. That I don't think everybody by today nobody really today cares. No one cares. And if you are just as passionate about innovation as we are, hit subscribe for the Recursive Podcast on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. We're everywhere.